We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Troche, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our National College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. We thank everybody for subscribing on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and of course, for uh, checking us out at the CFB Nation YouTube channel we've got going. Um, and we appreciate everybody as we grow the podcast here in, this, in the off-season. Today, we are joined by a senior editor at The Athletic, Mitch Light, good friend of mine. And Bill, before I uh, let Mitch come on here, I want to tell you that um, he is taking time out on his 25th wedding anniversary to talk college football recruiting on the All-America Podcast. How about that? Yeah, I had my 14th last week, so congratulations on that, Mitch, and uh Thanks for being that. That's a five star material right there. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. It's funny. My, my wife's a school teacher and, and she left. Usually I'm sleeping when she leaves. Um, and she's like, we made it 25 years. I said, and as Bill Bill knows this, Trochi knows this. I said, actually, we've got to get to about 1130 a.m. We had an early wedding. So I guess once <laughs> once I get to 1130 a.m. Central Time, I'll have made it 25 years. So but oh. thanks, guys. I'm not really doing anything today. It's just a typical day. So 25, it's, it's, it's a big number, but it's just a normal day. It's a big number. I was there. I was the best man, Bill. I was the best man at Mitch's yeah. wedding and, uh, you know, forced to give a toast, but wonderful day, wonderful family. Four-star toast, I'd say. It wasn't yeah. five, it was solid. It was not, <laughs> could have been, could have been better, could have been a lot worse. Trust me. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Anyway, so um, the reason we have Mitch on here, besides being his 25th wedding anniversary, is... Um, the Athletic conducted a, a really, really cool, uh, extensive study on recruiting to try to pinpoint which schools best develop prospects for the NFL draft, which is appropriate with the draft coming this week. Um, Mitch, just for listeners, give a brief overview uh, for those of you who haven't seen it yet. I know it's created quite a buzz on Twitter and everything, but um, for listeners who haven't seen it, give a brief overview of how you guys tried to att- attack the research on this project. Yeah, well, the, the idea was actually David Ubbins, uh, one of my colleagues, and um, he got the idea. He was talking to a Power 5 head coach, not a Blue Blood Power 5 head coach. And the coach was just sort of saying, yeah, I mean, all the, 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 the Alabamas and the Georgias and Ohio States, all those schools, they, they get credit for all producing the most NFL draft picks. And sure they do, but they're signing the best players. You know, people should look at the percentage of players you sign who get drafted and what percentage of four stars and three stars. So Dave's like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. So actually, he, he started doing the research on his own. I think he got about two hours in. It's like, this is not going to be easy. This is not going to be fun. So he enlisted uh, me and Ari Wasserman. And I work close, as you guys know, I work closely with Ari Wasserman, our national recruiting writer. And we, we dove in and helped them with the research. And um, basically just we, we picked – David started started it all, so we kind of went with the parameters that he started with because it wouldn't have made sense to, to, to start from scratch. So took the recruiting classes from 2009 through 2019 and the corresponding draft classes from 2012 through 2022 – and just added up per power, every power five school, how many three stars, four stars, five stars they signed, and then looked up how many of those guys were drafted. Now, not a perfect study by any stretch. There's flaws. There's certain guys at the front end who aren't accounted for. There's certain guys at the back end who aren't accounted for. And we'll get into this later. There's just so many three stars. Not all three stars are created equally. But we figured as a whole, it would give a nice snapshot of which schools are doing the best developing their players. And uh, that's basically the genesis of it. And one, one thing about it, too, we can get into this is this is probably the last time the study makes sense, because if you just try it in a few years, there's going to be way too many transfers. It's just mm-hmm. the, the, right. the term development's going to go out the door. It's, it's sure teams are going to brag about how many draft picks they get, but it's it's not going to be as common where they get them in as a three stars, a freshman. And they just for five years, they develop and then they're six round draft pick. Right. You guys basically said if a kid transferred that you no longer got credit for him, even if he made the pros. Just to yeah, it's it the school that understandable. Him. Yeah, it's the school that produced him gets the it gets the credit, which is, again, you could argue that does that make sense? But we had to account for him somehow. We didn't want to double count for him. So 
and there's really there were not a lot of transfers from this time frame from you know up until 2019 it was pretty rare right so well i you, you divided it into five stars four stars three stars you know the best teams and the worst teams in each kind of category subcategory uh, what were some of your conclusions in the five-star category? Uh, one that jumped out to me, just looking at the numbers, LSU, you know, they, they always get tons of pub, like that Power 5 coach was talking to Ubin about. Um, they crush it in the NFL draft, but their, you know, conversion rate, less than 50% of their five-stars are getting drafted, which I thought was kind of surprising. Um, and, you know, I saw LSU and Notre Dame both kind of at the bottom of that category, but had good conversion rates among the four-star category. Yeah, I don't want to start this off by like poking holes and saying don't read the study, but like I found the five stars almost the least inter- interesting. Is not the right word. The least telling because there's so few, and the numbers mm-hmm. can be skewed by so by one or two guys. Like Stanford's number, we we went we went in with we had to come up with a minimum. We picked five five stars because there's not a lot of five stars. So Stanford's number one at five out of six. Um, so. Again, the, the the percentages can be changed so much by one or two guys. So, like, the things that stood out to me were on the, the bottom end, actually, Texas in Oklahoma. Texas was not a surprise based on their underachieving nature as a program. Four out of 17 for 23.5%. Oklahoma was a little bit of a surprise. Three out of 12 at 25%. But, again, we're only talking about 12 guys over 11 years. So, um, I – as I've talked about this, I've tried not to make too many sweeping generalizations about the five stars. I find the four star and the three star data is compelling. One thing too, I don't, I mean, did you guys look at this number? So like, I didn't know what to expect. What do you think the overall conversion rate of a five star is? I, I just, I didn't know going in. I don't even know what I would have guessed. I'm just asking you. you I, guys mean, to get, ju- I mean, to convert a five star to a first rounder is rare, but to convert a five star to an, any draft pick, I would think would be close to 50%. What do you think, Bill? Ben, I was going to say 50 to 60% because they can, even if it's not developed five-star talent, an NFL team would still take a chance on it. Right. It's, it's 57.9. And and one of the guys we, we singled out was Centrell Henderson from, uh, went to Miami, his number one overall pick. Now, I think he was, I think he might still be, or he had an NFL career, so it wasn't like he was a bust, but he was a seventh round pick, I believe. So he's a case where I think it was the Bills. They probably just like, you know, this guy's got tons of talent, might not have worked out at Miami. We're going to draft him. So I, I think those guys, the former five stars, get the benefit of the doubt at the back end of the NFL drafts. But that, I just found that interesting. But basically 58% of five stars over an 11-year period got drafted. Well, and that was kind of my question to you. Clemson, out of the five stars, they have a very high conversion rate. And it's kind of a twofold question. One, pretty good development by Dabo, obviously. But two, DJ's in the news now. So, I mean, with the transfer portal and the NIL, is this something you – are they a school that you would have a concern with down the road with that conversion rate because of the way he recruits versus how it's going to have to change? I don't think the conversion rate will change because I think he's got a good developmental program. That's how they kind of made their rise. Uh, that on – and also getting two generational talents at quarterback and Deshaun Watson <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence <laughs> – I'd be more concerned about their ability to bring those guys in and whether it's NIL, whether it's the transfer portal, a little bit of everything, their program taking just a, just a half a step back. I mean, just look this up five, five stars in the class of 20 for Clemson. That's a lot. There's only about 32, 33, five stars, three, five stars in 21, two, five stars in 22, one, five star in 23 and none so far in 24. Now it's still early there. So they're just not bringing in, they're still recruiting well. They're just not bringing in the same high caliber of player. 
So that's been, we talk a lot, a lot about it on our podcast, Ours Matter. Ari's been on the, is this a sustainable model going forward? Dabo's strict, you know, I wouldn't say no transfers, but he's aversion to transfers. Their NIL policy, depending on who you ask, how aggressive that is. So that, that is definitely a program to watch going forward with their ability to, to get these five stars in. But to answer your question, I don't really question their ability to, to develop them. I want to talk. All right, let's move on to the, uh, the four-star category. And one thing that struck me was the University of Miami, uh, who had a good conversion rate. Um, it was a surprise. Said, right. It was a surprise to me. Um, you would think that would translate to on-field success. I looked during the time of your study. Uh, the Hurricanes finished in the top 25 only three times and inside the top 20 just once. Like A couple of them were 23, 24, something like that. Uh, why do you think uh, that did not translate? Their ability to develop four stars into NFL prospects didn't translate into more wins and losses. I'm sure it's a lot of things. I'd say lack of continuity. You know, they had – how long was Mark Rick there? Probably five years, maybe. There was some stability there with Rick, mm-hmm. but, you know, we know going to Manny Diaz and before that a lot of turnover. And I don't know where I remember seeing this. And this I, I apologize to Miami people if I'm just, you know, taking a message board rumor somewhere. But it seemed like there was some talk out there with maybe some previous staffs that the, the staffs at Miami, maybe a little stars chasing, would just recruit the guys who were, more, were interested as a staff and in, in signing a lot of – rather than doing their own evaluations. I think there's probably a lot of staffs over the past 10, 15 years that are guilty of that. Um, you know, coaches like to have high recruiting rankings. So, you know, it's it's sort of – I don't really have a great answer other than I would probably just say lack of stability within the program. I was going to ask about Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. And it, I maybe it's just my eyes, but, like, it, basically one and three go to the NFL out of their four-star yeah. guys. And that's – why does that seem low to me? Because I it, I know how many they get. And I know, is it just the product of the accumulation with it? Because when I look at their recruiting rankings every year, and then you look back, you're like, oh yeah, that guy was a four-star. What happened to him? Is that what it is? Basically one and three, not bad. Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, I think uh, the math is just the more you sign, the harder it is to keep that number up. And no team that signed more than 34 stars over the stretch had a higher percentage 36 was the most so the teams that did a little bit better they didn't sign as many so it's just it's a good question I probably would have expected a higher number two but the fact that no team that signed a high volume of four stars converted at a higher rate than 36 percent just tells you that it's I wouldn't say impossible it's just it it wasn't done during this stretch so um yeah that that was that that definitely was a little bit of a surprise for me and, and you look at the the bottom ten of the four stars and the development, and that's this is what you were talking about the reflecting the on field underachieving a little bit. <clears throat> Teams that get high recruiting rankings but have not been very successful. Number one by far, Nebraska, of course. Uh, Tennessee has not lived up to the hype for for a while. Texas is on this list uh, as kind of underachieving type of teams. Texas A and M. Is this the, the most telling uh, a section of your study, you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, and, I, you know, some of those Lane Kiffin classes at Tennessee, which I guess he was 2010, I believe, right? So he would have been in this. I remember he signed a great class, but you look a year later and none of those guys were there, you know, so right. a lot of attrition there. I, I The most surprising stat to me in this whole pro- project was Nebraska's four-star ratio. <laughs> I mean, just stunning. Three of 67. 
I mean, I think I could be the offensive coordinator, Trochi special teams, Bill Bender defensive coordinator, and we could develop at a higher rate than that. And that just tells you why. Because, you know, there's a lot of talk about Nebraska. Oh, they can't recruit in this climate. They're geographically too remote. That's not true. They signed top 25 classes consistently during this span. They just did not develop. They may be poor evaluation for their program. So that was just staggering right there. And obviously Texas and Tennessee programs that have not had a lot of stability. And another very surprising stat to me was your beloved Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, Trochi. Um, <laughs> oh, first of all, they signed zero four stars during this stretch, which is hard to do to have a school located in Atlanta, Georgia, and sign zero four stars. I realized Paul Johnson and the option, they maybe were recruiting a little different, and they had a lot of success. So credit to Georgia Tech. But they went 0 for 14. Only signed 14, and no, none of them were drafted. So that, that was a bit of a surprise for me as well. Well, no, no, five stars and fourteen four stars. Is that what you mean? Right. Yes. Okay. And the fourteen and, and did not convert any of those four. They were zero for fourteen in converting their four stars. Well, my daughter's five star flag, flag on the flag. Yeah, but glass. she's she's class of tw- she's after this, so she's she's late signing. It's actually she was a late commit. Good, good, good. good true, good, she was. Right, good she get was. for the jackets. Well, <laughs> Mitch, when I before I even clicked on this, the first two schools that popped in my head, and I Bill, as Bill probably told you, I'd, you know I'm in Big Ten country. Yeah. It was Wisconsin and Iowa. Those are the first, like when I think three-star U, I think Wisconsin, Iowa. They develop guys. Now some of their guys are four stars. So what were your reads on? how the project treated those two schools. And I I guess it's kind of a two-way question too. Will that change with Luke Fickle at Wisconsin? Because he was able to develop, as I told Ari a few weeks ago, Cincinnati had 13 NFL draft picks the last two years. So, I mean, is that something with Wisconsin that that might change a little bit? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we should have gone and checked Cincinnati. You know, we didn't right. treat them as a power five because they're not a power five yet. Um, so I, I'm like you guys, you know, I, I wish I would have written some stuff down, like preconceived thoughts, because now that I know the numbers, it's easy for me to say, well, that makes sense. But the first thing and, you know, intuitively following recruiting, I knew this. But there's so many three stars that, you you, you know, you start at like the number 450 kid and you go to like the number 1500 kid. So Iowa, yes, they developed very well. We got a lot of angry comments about Iowa. You didn't give them enough credit. Well, it's like we didn't do anything. We just presented the numbers. <laughs> we, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. So, like, Iowa had the most three stars drafted at 26 of all schools, more than Alabama, more than anyone, but they're just signing so many more than Alabama, Ohio State. Um, the You know, Alabama and Ohio State and, you know, Georgia, they're signing a decent amount of three stars, but they're in the four, five, six hundred range. And those guys are better players than the than a bulk of the Iowa guys and the Wisconsin guys are in the six, seven, eight hundred range. So they're going to be developed at a higher percentage. One thing that and Ari was responsible for the Big Ten. So I would take all the Big Ten numbers with a grain of salt because Ari did that research. He probably just got fed up and made them up. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't doesn't like the research. But um, <laughs> Wisconsin probably was the unofficial two star winner. Like ours, just they had a lot of, and we did not include two stars in our data. Maybe we should have just lumped them in three stars. But like Georgia Tech, I, I mean, actually, Boston College was a school. I know I'm rambling, but Boston College 
numbers, they also had a lot of two stars. I did the ACC. So probably Boston College and Wisconsin were the schools that had the most two stars developed. So that's a, that's a credit for them. But I think the, the, the preconceived notion that those schools do a good job developing three stars is true. They just signed so many more and the quality of their three stars isn't as good as other programs. So the percentages aren't going to be as high. Couple of schools that I, that like Bill was saying that popped in your head as you know kind of overachieving teams relative to recruiting rankings. Um, I expected Oklahoma State to kind of show up. I know they're not uh, rated very highly recruiting wise, um, and they've been very very good for a while. This whole decade, really, of the of the study that you did for the most part, and Utah too is a team that I don't think they recruit very well, but they've you know really charged up the Pac-12 uh, food chain, as you like to say. Boise State, I know they weren't top five, uh, power five, so you probably didn't look at them. But those are kind of schools that, that, that I expected to see a little more of in this study. Yeah, I'm just looking up Oklahoma State in my big spreadsheet here. I would put Oklahoma State as sort of like, I don't know if this is fair, like the anti-Wisconsin. Like, I don't think they get a ton of guys drafted. Like, they're, they overachieve on the field. Maybe with their talent, I don't think they put a ton of guys out in the NFL. Um, but that is a program there. And this sort of like, Bill, your question, sort of like Bender's question there. It's just like, you know, three-star, the developmental program. So to back up my point before, the average ranking of Alabama's three-stars over our time frame, that 11-year period, was number 592 nationally. And that includes some flyers and some guys in the thousands who are three-stars. In the 2023 cycle alone, there were six power five teams that didn't sign a top 600 recruit. So they're like average of their quote unquote worst players is better than a lot of schools players. And Ohio state's average was 606. So right there. So that just tells you that the average of their three stars is by far better than the average of everyone else's. But, you know, Utah is a program that, that they are recruiting better. I think they signed maybe six, four stars, in this 2023 recently complete 23 cycle, but definitely a good developmental program. So I, I think the programs that we think develop well actually do develop well, but they're varying they're, they show up in varying levels and this just based on the quality quantity of guys they signed. So the study that you undertook and all these hours and conclusions and everything is that Ohio state and Alabama are really good. Yes. So Sign that- the best <laughs> players and you'll be the best team. That's my that's my advice to college recruiting staffs. Just get the best players. Now, I mean, we're we're obviously a little great. great take that with the grain of salt because it is about evaluation and, and all that stuff. And as we talked about with Clemson, it also helps having a really good quarterback. I mean, you can you can be a look at Iowa. They're all over the NFL draft this year. A couple of days, you know, they're going to have a lot of guys drafted. They were good but think how much better they would be with a better quarterback and a functional offense. You know, they, so but all they, the credit to Iowa, all the angry Iowa fans that, that email or that, that made comments, you, you, that program does, does do a great job developing. And you may be their next offensive coordinator if they don't score more points this year. So you can go, or I think Bill, you said Bill's the offensive coordinator. Yes. So Bill can go do that. Have yeah, fun. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, and then we'll put the sign, the best players, you'll have the best teams. We're going to replace that in the Notre Dame locker room uh, over yeah. like a <laughs> yes. champion today, and they'll win a national title. So, yeah, I don't have anything else for him, Bill. This was an amazing, uh, amazing, yeah, amazing great, research. Uh, it really was. For anyone who hasn't seen it, we encourage you to go to The Athletic and check it out. Um, these guys do a great job. They've done several studies over the years uh, since Mitch kind of grew that little recruiting department over there. And uh, it's uh, it's really taken off. And 
you want to follow recruiting and you don't want to get into the absolute, absolute weeds like some of the recruiting services, athletics is a great place to, to keep up with it. Mitch, go enjoy your day. Go enjoy your evening. Say hello to Heather for me. And uh, we appreciate you uh, making some time. I will. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Happy anniversary. Thanks again. Thank you. Very good. All right. Cool. Well, I enjoyed that little segment. What'd you think? What'd you learn uh, from the uh, from that um, you know study that the athletic did? I thought it was pretty pretty intense and uh, had had a few surprises, but it reflected the fact that uh, what we already knew that Texas and, and Nebraska and then some of the teams at Tennessee they get these high recruiting rankings, but they are not they are not winning on the field. And that's reflected in the NFL draft. Yeah, and and that's this week, right? So we have the NFL draft, and I help with our coverage at Sporting News, and I like looking at draft trends and all those things. I, every year, do our draft by college. I track it during the draft. I literally track which college the guys go to. So as soon as the draft's over, we get that quick headline. But to me, you get that question. Why is why is Florida not good if they had seven guys drafted? Why is LSU? LSU was a good one, Bill, because they do – dominate in the draft every year like not maybe not at an alabama georgia ohio state level but they produce a ton of picks you know who else does usc and i'm wondering how that's going to change maybe not this year but with lincoln riley how much offensive talent are they going to put in the draft i it didn't dawn on me till last night you know you read twitter um jordan addison's a very good football player and he's <laughs> probably not getting talked about very much heading into this draft so i think that's another very interesting guy yeah, he may sneak in in the first round. We'll see. I, I listened to Peter King's podcast yesterday, and he was talking about Jordan Addison, uh, early, late, early second round, late first round type of guy. Um, after you know succeeding in two different offensive systems in college, and, right. and uh, yeah, he's going to be really good. All right, let's do a little Trochi trivia. I'll ask you a trivia question, and then you give me your answer at the end of the show. We got a little recruiting theme, at least. Uh, on our previous segment before we get into the spring games. So it's a uh, recruiting themed. Who was the last team to finish number one in the 24 seven composite recruiting rankings from outside the sec? Who was the last number one overall team in the recruiting rankings to finish number one? It was not a member of the sec, not Georgia, not Alabama, not Texas A&M. Give that some thought. Right. See what you see how far back you got to go into the memory bank for that one.
headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.